What's good? What's good, everybody? It's your boy B L A K A, and as always, I'm sitting in the Lynchburg city. Pretty good outside uh, today. I am supposedly today. I'm supposed to get my car back today, ladies and gentlemen. And for the third time, Goodyear should have it fixed this time. They always say the third time is a charm, so we're about to see if the third time. <laughs> The third time is a charm, right? <laughs> man. It's been a long week for me. I swear, man, with this whole car situation, I've been, I've, I've, I've done good though. You know what I mean? Like the, the old me would have cussed people out by now, and man, probably would have ended up owing Goodyear money. But the older me, the grandfather me, the me that sits back and just watch my kids grow from kids to grown-ups now like I can't be like that anymore so <clears throat> you know they get this I don't want to say softer side of me but I would say more you know business-minded you know instead of flying off the handle and not hearing anything and all of that shit but you know it is what it is I'm supposed to get it back today so that's good on my end man so that's what's up so uh today most of the topics that I have today, there is no script, um, completely going off script today. And uh, first of all, I want to give my condolences to the Prescott family. For those who probably already know, Dak Prescott, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, lost his brother uh, sometime last night. <clears throat> so I give my condolences to the Prescott family and, uh, you know, it wasn't. As of right now, nobody knows if it was coronavirus related or anything like that. So, me personally, I'm just waiting to hear exactly what took place, what went down or whatever. It was just a couple days ago, a few days ago, uh, Dak Prescott threw a birthday party, you know, and it didn't state exactly who was there, but I'm assuming because him and his brothers were super, super close I'm assuming that both of his brothers were there, so, you know, and they, that caught a little flack from the media for throwing the party, so he had to make a statement and assure everybody that it was less than 10 people that had attended the party. But, you know, aside from that, that's that's no longer important. What's, what's really important is the fact that he just loved it. Let's lost his brother, so, you know what I mean? Let's uh, allow Dak Prescott to grieve with his family. And aside from that, did anybody see the NFL draft last night? I did. I enjoyed it. You know, and I, and I told my son this morning uh, on my way taking him to work that uh, I think they should keep the draft like that. Like, I thought it was pretty cool, man. Like, what's the purpose of them being there anyway? Think about it, you know? Basically, the only thing you're doing is you're watching, especially when it comes to the NBA draft, you're checking to see what they have on, how fly their suits are. You know what I'm saying? You get to shake the commissioner's hand if you're a first-rounder. I guess that means something. I'm not sure. But, you know, I never fully understood, like, what was the purpose of them being there? Because, like, I'm assuming when they have, like, uh, the baseball draft, I've never really seen the baseball draft on TV never really paid that much to it attention to it but I've never seen footage either where there was like 
a bunch of players there and cameras and family members and all that kind of crazy stuff. But aside from that, though, I mean, I really enjoyed this year's NFL draft. Like, it was, for some reason, the fact that it wasn't a bunch of people there was pretty cool to me, which now has me open to the possibility of actually watching like a baseball game or a basketball game or a football game or even NASCAR and and there are no fans there because I was I was one of the people I asked a question on my Facebook page uh several uh shows ago uh if you know they were to bring sports back without the fans would anybody watch it and and sure as hell pretty much everybody that responded on my Facebook page said yeah they can't wait and 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 I was like nah fuck that I I, I'm not watching you know LeBron James play you know or 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 watch uh Brad Keselowski drive around the track or some shit like that and there's no fans there and after saying that, between saying that, making that statement, and saying what I just said just now in the sense of watching the NFL draft without any people, I think I could stomach the idea of actually watching this because I think one of the biggest reasons why this draft here is probably going to be one of the most memorable drafts due to the coronavirus, but not only that, it's going to be one of the most watched drafts because we haven't had anything sports-wise in the sense of live. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people, have they've been airing uh, past Super Bowls and past NBA Finals and Eastern Western Conference Finals and games like that. Uh, Big-time games that uh, individual players in the NBA have had. Things of that nature. Things that we've already seen and digest so to be able to sit there and watch the virtual NFL draft I think it was breathtaking I think it was refreshing I think it gave everybody something to look forward to sports wise so on that end right there and I felt all that shit last night watching it like if like like the the, the joy that I expressed last night when uh C.D. Lamb was picked by the Cowboys. Man, that was like a kid in the candy store, man, I swear. And and I've never been that hype about the draft because during this time of year, you're watching NBA playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So me anyway, my own focus was more on like NBA playoffs and shit like that and NASCAR racing and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the, the, the NFL draft was always something that was second hand to me but last night and I'm quite sure millions of other people I haven't seen the uh the numbers yet but I'm quite sure millions of other people last night was tuned in to their TV like they were watching the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals or something like that yo and I'm quite sure people who didn't even know who the player was that was being drafted to their team was probably cheering because something new something refreshing was being brought about so big ups to the NFL for not buckling and you know not holding their draft 
you know what I'm saying, due to the coronavirus. And I also want to give props to the WNBA because they did it first. They did the whole virtual draft thing first. So let's not sit here. I don't want anybody to sit here and think that it was the NFL who came up with this idea. No, the WNBA did it first, and it worked really, really good with them, y'all. So, you know, big ups to the WNBA and big ups to the NFL for doing what they did last night. Now, getting back to the whole C.D. Lamb pick. Well, before I even go with the C.D. Lamb pick, I, you know what I'm saying? The first pick was obvious with uh, Joe Barrow going to the Cincinnati Bengals. But I'm going I'm to slide it all the way down to, if I'm correct, the, ooh, the 20-something pick. The, the, the Green Bay Packers pick. Let's just put it right there, yo. Uh, these guys moved up to get Jordan Love, the quarterback. From uh, I forgot what school it was, man. I think it's UCLA. If I'm correct, that's the school he went to. I forgot. But anyways, normally when you see a franchise move up to get a quarterback, they're not doing that to have that guy sit on the bench. See, Aaron Rodgers fell in Green Bay's lap. They didn't move up to get him. You know what I'm saying? They was by the time it was time for Green Bay to pick, they was expecting Aaron Rodgers to be off the board. He was nowhere on their draft board. And just so happened when it was Green Bay's turn to pick, who was there? Aaron Rodgers. And then 15 years later, and Aaron is only 35, he'll be 36, I'm guessing either at the start of this season or next season. One of the two, 36 or 37. One of the two. But, uh, so, I, of course, I go to Facebook and I ask the question, I'm, I'm like, okay, does this mean that, uh, Aaron Rodgers is on his way out, and you know what I'm saying. And, and a couple of the responses were like, "No, nah, don't buy, it, don't pay it." Basically, they were saying, "I wouldn't pay, put too much stock into it." Aaron Rodgers is that guy, and I know Aaron Rodgers is that guy, and majority of the world knows Aaron Rodgers is that guy. But and I'm quite sure uh, Green Bay knows that Aaron Rodgers is that guy. But what everybody must understand is that the NFL is a business first. It's a game to us. The NFL don't give a fuck about none of those people that suit up in their uniforms outside of doing their job. Let's keep it 100. They give the impression that they're so therefore uh safety of the game. And 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 by by right to some degree, I'm I'm gonna say that they are because they are uh cool with changing the rules and things of that nature. You know, and, and helmets and all of that. But, you know, to keep it 100, they, they allow sex offenders, rapists, uh, murderers, all types of shit to be employed by them. So make no mistake about it, when you have those type of people employed and they are the face of your company, you know what I'm saying? It says a lot about what type of business, politicking and bullshitting you do anyway. But aside from that, saying this, I'll keep it back on track. Uh... Aaron Rodgers' days in Green Bay are numbered, you know what I'm saying? And there was speculation last year, you know what I'm saying, that him and, uh, at that point in time, first-year head coach Matt LaFleur didn't see eye to eye on a couple of things, you know what I'm saying? And which, which that's, that's to be expected by any quarterback and coach, you know what I'm saying? They, they, they're joined at the hip. They're going to be around. He, I, I was As far as the coach, outside of the other coaches, he's going to be around his quarterback the most. And for the quarterback outside of his players, he's going to be around the coach and the coaching staff the most. So they're going to butt head at times. Uh, 
that's pretty much one of the reasons why Tom Brady is in Tampa Bay right now and not in New England. But, you know, me personally, um, the moment, you know, Green Bay decides to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, I'm quite sure some other NFL team will pick him up just like that without a problem. You know what I mean? And 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 rightfully so, you know, and he may look at it, Aaron Rodgers may look at it as being pushed out, you know what I'm saying? But whatever the case may be, his days are numbered in Green Bay because no organization moves up to get a quarterback just to have him sit on the bench. Y'all saw what happened with uh uh now the, the 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 best example I can give you is the whole Kansas City Chief uh, situation when Alex Smith was there and Andy Reid moved up in the draft to get Patrick Mahomes. Now look how that turned out. You know they you know they ship and they ship Alex off after the uh, um, Patrick Mahomes' rookie season. Alex goes to Washington. Alex becomes the uh, head quarterback. I'm sorry, the uh, number one quarterback of uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and. You know, a couple years later, look, he's holding up the Lombardi Trophy. So maybe the Green Bay organization is looking at the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Because at that point in time, you know, when Alex Smith uh, was shown the door, it wasn't like he was over the hill. You know what I'm saying? Let, I mean, Alex Smith wasn't the greatest quarterback, but he was the type of quarterback that you knew he could be mobile if need be and you never had to worry about him making that mistake that could cost your team to lose the game now he's not going to throw for 30 touchdowns 30 35 touchdowns but he's not going to throw 15 20 picks a year neither so you know what i'm saying he always had that manage the quarterback manage the game type ment uh, mentality and style of play so you know what i mean that just is what it is on that end there and uh you know, the Redskins, they went uh, defense, man. I tell you, both of the uh, both of Ohio State's corners, man, went in, like, the top 10 or top 12 picks, if I'm correct, yo. And uh, Ohio, Ohio State had a stellar defense, and I'm quite sure, you know, the second round has just as many studs as the first. And that's, I've, I've always said that about the second round in any sport. I said the second round is nothing more than the than an extension of the first round. You know what I mean? So, and, and, and that's how I feel about the NFL, you know what I'm saying, draft anyway. That second round is nothing more than an extension of the first round, man. So you still going to have some bad boys coming out in rounds two and three, you know what I mean, and uh, going to do some things for their teams, man. So the draft tonight, you know what I'm saying, when it comes on tonight, 7 p.m., ESPN, ESPN Plus, and uh, other outlets as well. You know, it's, it's, you know, your teams are going to uh, draft some pretty good players tonight too, man. So, I can't wait to see that. And uh, so, C.D. Lamb with the Cowboys. I did not expect C.D. Lamb to still be right there when it was time for the Cowboys to pick. I did not expect that dude to be there. Uh, I I didn't expect the, uh, the guy Jefferson, the, uh, the wide receiver from uh, LSU, you know what I'm saying? I was kind of expecting him to be the first wide receiver pick. You know what I'm saying? I was expecting him to go a little bit earlier, you know. And I was expecting C.D. Lamb to go a little bit earlier as well because these two type of wide receivers, man, I'm telling you, they are they are can't-miss guys. 
they are can't miss guys. And I understood certain other teams had, you know, you had certain needs in other places. But I was always told when you're drafting and you see that can't miss guy still on the board, you gotta you gotta tear up your draft book and go with the can't miss guy. And for the Cowboys to have the can't miss guy fall in their lap, they didn't have to move up, they didn't have to do anything. They just sat right there and he fell right there in their lap. Couldn't be a better situation for C.D. Lamb. Couldn't be a better situation for the Cowboys. Couldn't be a better situation for Dak Prescott. You know what I mean? And uh, speaking of days being numbered in, in Dallas, and I know this guy just signed a $100 million contract. Amari Cooper, your days are numbered in Dallas, buddy. I'm telling you, C.D. Lamb is a beast. He's a beast. Now, you got Amari Cooper at the one. You have you have uh, Michael Gallup, the second receiver. All right. Now, C.D. Lamb, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it to you straight. C.D. Lamb is the number one, but I think he's gonna take this slot receiver position and run with it. And he's gonna and he's gonna be so great, and his route running is gonna be so great. You know what I mean? To where we're gonna start looking at Amari Cooper like, all right, uh, what you gonna do, bro? That's real talk. Coming up on the Sixth Sense, man, I'm going to continue the NFL draft talk. And I also want to thank my listeners. You're listening to your boy Blacker, and this is the Sixth Sense. And I'm back now. And getting back to the NFL draft, uh, I want to say that the... Uh, I think every team in the first round, honestly, I think every team in the first round, honestly, drafted exactly the guy that they needed to some degree, or at least the positions that they needed to some degree. A lot, it was a lot of talk about Tua Tagalova uh, possibly dropping out of the first round. And and I was like, these fucks, you know, they some of these people, they know what they're talking about, and then you have those that don't. And apparently last night, the ones that didn't know what they talking about had egg in their face because he went fit to the Dolphins, man. Now, granted, this guy's had quite a few injuries. I mean, he's had he sustained some injuries, man. That hip injury he took this past season in college football, you know, everybody thought he was career-threatening. Like, it was over for him, you know what I mean? And they had him dropping out of the first round, which, which off of that alone, I totally get. You know what I mean? But... The one thing, I've, I've been around a lot of Samoans, man. I've been around, living out west, I've been around a lot of Samoans. And one thing I've learned about those people are that they are some tough SOBs. My God, they tough, man. They are tough people. They are very high-spirited people. I don't, you know what I'm saying? They believe in God and stuff like that as well. But what I'm saying is that when it comes to shit like spirits and... You know, they just very high-spirited people, man. And they're just very tough people. And they stick together like crazy. And uh, I knew his work ethic was there. You know what I mean? I knew the work ethic was going to be there. It was just a matter of how severely damaged the hip was. You know, was it going to be in a, 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 a manner of, you know, okay, I get it. You want to come back. You want to play in the NFL and all of that. You can work out, you can rehab, 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 but your hip is never going to be 
the same in a manner that you can play professional sports. You know what I'm saying? And uh, anything less than that, I knew he was going to come back. I knew he was going to come back, man. I don't know him personally, but, man, I... And, and when I say they strong, man, you know, when I, I used to work in Alaska and I worked on the uh, freezer department, man, on a fucking vessel. And, you know, it was cold as fuck in that department. It was cold as fuck in there. And it was this one, I was the supervisor of the department, and it was this one guy I had on my team, it was a Samoan named Nico. Now, Nico was a baby. Nico was no more than probably about 22, 23 years old, but Nico was 400 and some pounds. Oh, my God. It, they had to specially make that. No, 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 no. They had to. Uh, he couldn't work in. The, he couldn't work in the freezer when the season started because they didn't have a freezer suit that was big enough for him. So they had to do some shopping around or whatever, and they was able to find one. It was like you know bringing a two-bedroom apartment on a boat, man, for a motherfucker to put on. That's how big it was. But anyway, he was able to get in it, man, and, and, and uh, the, the fish in the freezer, you know, on racks is like 1,800 pounds, you know, and, and, and it's cold, so sometimes the wheels lock. So, you know, in most cases, it's required that two people hook, hook the uh, racks. We had hooks, and you would hook the racks, and you and the other person would pull it out. You guys would spin it around, place it on a lift. Well, Nico was 400 and some odd pounds, bro. And it, he looked at like a bear, you know, just swatting at the fish rack. And he would pull it out by itself with one hand, and then he'd take his big bear paw and smack that big-ass rack of fish around that holds 1,800 pounds and push that bitch on the lift by itself, man. And, and it was just a thing of beauty. I was like, yo. <laughs> but getting back to uh, Tua, man, yo, he, he, he going to be a beast, yo. I swear to God. Dude is going to be nice. And uh, I think Miami made the right choice. And Miami had three picks in the first round last night. And I think they were all good picks, man. They're going to build around that guy. You know what I'm saying? And I think this is going to be the first quarterback Miami has had that can be looked at as the face of the franchise since Dan Marino. And, and you know, just mark my word on that, man. So, I said, uh, you know, this show here. First of all, I want to thank all my listeners. And I know... Sometimes you guys probably hear this in my podcast, and I don't know if you hear it too much or not enough, but I want to thank everybody that listens to my show, and and today I'm going to give particular reasons as to why I give uh, thanks to everybody that listens to my show, man. First of all, I want to let everybody know that this show is on uh, seven different platforms, so... You know what I mean? You can find my show on uh, Google Cast, Google Podcast. I'm sorry. You can find it on Anchor, of course. You can find it on Breaker. You can find it on Overcast. You can find it on Podcast. You can find it on Radio Public. You can find it on Spotify. Now, Apple Podcasts and Castbox, they denied my show because they said I have vulgar language on my show. So I guess I do too much fucking cussing on my fucking show or some shit. I don't know. But nevertheless, all the other ones, uh, all the other ones, um, all the other ones, they, they do pretty good. But, and also, um, my show can also be heard, you know, and so you can always go to like those platforms there, listen to the show. And uh, once again, though, 
I can also be heard outside of America in places like Puerto Rico, Dublin, Ireland, Switzerland, uh, the United Kingdom, Canada, Israel, and of course, the good old US of A. You know what I mean? Now, I also I also want to own... I also want to touch on a little something here. Like I saw, basically what I'm reading to you guys is like the, the stat sheet from my, my show and shit. You know what I'm saying? And it shows me all different types of demographics, uh, who's listening to what, age group, everything, man. So as far as like the sexes, the battle of the sexes as far as the male versus the female that listens to my show, uh, 48% of my listeners are males. The males are dominating my show. Not saying this in a bragging fashion or anything like that because at 6% are the females. But I'm not going to take the 6% uh, uh, to heart because in the non-specified category, it's 46%. So basically, it's a lot of people out there that are listening to my show. But when it comes to like filling out the little survey, they're skipping over you know certain questions like that. So I encourage you guys to, you know, if you're, if you're filling out a survey, I encourage you guys to like fill out every question, fill it out as truthful as possibly, because then when I get these uh, stats, I know exactly, okay, what I need to improve on, you know what I mean? I can even check out as far as if I make a 30 minute show, I can check and see if the listeners was listening to the whole show or just five minutes or 10 minutes of it. You know what I mean? And if, you know, if, if there is a certain situation to where majority of the listeners are listening to my show just 10 minutes, then I'll make 10 minute shows. If majority of the listeners are listening, you know, the whole 30 minutes, then I'll continue to keep it 30 minutes or anything in between. So, you know, continue to uh, fill out the surveys when it comes to male and female. I really need, I really appreciate the female number to jump from 6% to just as high as the males. I try not to keep my, I try not to keep my show one-sided, you know, but at the same time, I can't control who listens to the show. The only thing I can do is thank them for listening to the show. And uh, as far as like the age group, now this is where, you know what I'm saying, this shit right here really threw me for a loop was the age group. When I first started doing this podcast not 91 days ago, uh, I was under the impression people my age group and probably a little bit younger would, you know, listen to the show more than anything. Man, 41% of 41% of the people that listen to my show are 20 between the ages of 23 and 27. Another 47% of the listeners are between the age of 28 and 34. So, you know what I mean, 80, 88% of the listeners from my show are like my kids' age or a little bit older. So what that, what that lets me know is that I can still relate to the younger generation, which is a really, really good thing at the age of 42 years old. You know what I mean? But I was, you know, when it comes to uh, the ages of 35 to 44 years old, which is my bracket, 6% of the people are listening. You know what I'm saying? So basically, people my age and older are saying, oh, this guy ain't talking about shit. But then I have 88% of the people that's from the age of 23 to 34 saying, 
oh yeah, this guy's talking about something. He's he's he, I like listening to him. So you know, majority rules, but at the same time, I really appreciate that for that 35 to 44 year old uh demographic that's at six percent i appreciate the 45 to 59 year old demographic that's at three percent and i appreciate the 60 plus year old demographic that's at three percent because even though they're not listening to the magnitude of the younger people they're still listening to it so i want to thank everybody on that right there now i want to give some shout outs to some states as well man i want to give some shout outs to oregon uh washington georgia New Jersey, Texas, New York, Cali, Missouri. Speaking of Missouri, I want to give a big shout out to my niece, um, Christina. She just had a baby, so and she hasn't been too long moved out there to Missouri. So I want to give a big shout out to my niece, Christina. Congratulations on you and your husband's new kid. And what's up out there, Amir? How you like Missouri, bro? And uh, South Carolina. Let's give it up for Philly, the city of brotherly love, for holding it down. The state of Maryland. And speaking of the state of Maryland, I want to give a big shout out to a guy I used to look up to by the name of Keith Sidnor. He's a city councilman out in Maryland. So I want to give a big shout out to Keith. So I appreciate all the people that uh, those states I just called out for listening. And last but not least, I want to give a shout out to the state that contains 63% of any of my listeners the state of virginia i want to give a big shout out to the state of virginia you guys have been holding me down the most you guys have been listening to me the most i appreciate it i also want to give a bigger shout out to the city of chester va of the 63 percent of the cities that hold hold me down in virginia chester va leads the way with 28 percent so i want to give a real big shout out to chester also, that follows in second is Ashburn and Charlottesville. And I also want to give a real big shout out to Lynchburg, who, when I first started this podcast, was at 6%. And they've climbed the ladder all the way up to 14%. So, big shout out to the LBC, the city of Seven Hills. And I also want to give a shout out to cities like Hopewell and Petersburg for holding me down at 6%. It's going to get better everywhere because everybody wants to listen to what I have to say. And I appreciate that. Now, also throughout the uh, month of May, I'm going to be like holding like raffles and stuff like that. And it's, it's for, I hate putting the word only on there because I don't like to exclude anybody. So it's going to be for people who... Uh, subscribe to the show you know what I mean so if you support the show you know then you're going to be in line to be able to win prizes and things of that nature if you support the show and you favorite the show you're also going to have the chance to win my, because my goal for season 3 and here's why I need a lot of you guys support my goal for season 3 is to go live you know so I have to have to level level up and right now, I have to level up. I have to hit 1,000 listeners before I can level up. Right now, I'm at 449 to be exact, which is not a bad thing because two weeks ago, no, not even two weeks ago, a week ago, I was telling you guys I was 20 listeners away from having uh, 400. And now I'm 
449, probably be 450 by the time, 450 some, 460 some by the time the night's out. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I just had a, uh, it's just been a blast and it's been overwhelming, but it's also been something that I've been looking forward to. And I'm going to do this podcast, and I'm going to go live, and I'm going to have prizes. And once once everybody or as many people support the show as possible. Now, when you support the show, they're ask, it's basically a donation that they're asking for. For those who haven't supported the show, they're asking for a donation of 99 cents. You can do it one time, or you can have it being done monthly when you put your card information in. Uh, $4.99, once again, can be done monthly, or, you know... That's however long you want. And $9.99. Now, that's the highest I can... $9.99 is the highest I can go. $0.99 cents is the lowest I can go. You feel free to uh, donate to whichever one. If you want to do it one time, that's fine. If you want to do it on a continued basis, that's appreciated as well. But I do want to let you guys know, the more of you guys support the show, the longer I can do this show, the more that you guys fill out the... Uh, you know, the questionnaires and all of the kinds of things like that, I can get a better grip on exactly how you guys want the show to go. Because at the end of the day, and like I've always said, I can't do this without you guys. It's you guys. You guys are the reason why I'm on seven different platforms. You guys are the reason why I'm being listened to in seven different countries. You guys are the reason why I'm being listened to in 13 different states. It's you guys. Because you guys continue to tune in and listen to my show. And I want to thank you guys for listening to The Sixth Sense as always. This is your boy, B-L-A-K-K-A. Catch you cats on the flip side. Peace.